power on, power, power, power on. Uh, I think, uh, I think my leadership, uh, I think my leadership story starts with, uh, being a young black man, being a young black man that lived in two worlds. It's black down here, how the hell are we supposed to fight? That lived in two worlds. A young black man that lived in two worlds. As we go a little something like this, hit it! What's up, family? It is July 8th. It's so good to be back with you. This is your host, David Hardy Jr., and welcome back to Penciled In, y'all. Today is another short episode to give you a little food for thought as we get closer and closer to the day in which our guests are just going to blow us away as we start to think about the ideas of inequity, attach it to the realized situations that so many of us live in, and so many of us realize we need to do better. So I'm excited to be with you this week to share a short conversation and give you a little something to think about, but more importantly, getting closer to the day where we hear more and more on what makes us human and what ensures us that we're more than penciled in. Good morning, family. I just have so much on my mind and in my heart today that I just woke up excited to have this conversation with you today. I had an opportunity to participate in a training and where my facilitator, my lead facilitator was in Nairobi. And just the experience to be in the space via Zoom with a leader, a powerful speaker, a brilliant individual, from the place in which I want to visit more than anywhere in the world just inspired me. And seeing the faces on that screen from across the world, from Belgium to Australia to Kenya to parts of England and the United States just showed me the power of being in a room people across the world who see humanity first and during this conversation and during this training in which I engaged in becoming an executive coach uh, through a program there was this one particular quote that just stuck out to me I haven't lost it for the past three weeks and in this quote it identified something so very important to the work that we do and how we lead the work that is in front of us. And more importantly, how we relate to each other as people. Now, mind you, as I'm going through this experience, going through this training, I'm constantly thinking about how this impacts the work that I will do day to day and how being an executive coach in some form or fashion and the work that we lead as a company really makes me understand and appreciate the challenges that are in front of us. And the reason why I say that is because as I you know, scan the news and see news feeds and see the continued rhetoric that wants to take us to a place of hate and fear, just illuminates for me the work that we as individuals really need to do. So today, what I offer to you based on that experience and based on what we see around us 
is the idea of making complexity sexy. Yes, that's right. Making complexity sexy. And what I mean by that is for so many years of my life and and probably most of us, we've heard acronyms that told us to keep it simple, um, that have engaged us in conversations around taking small bites out of the elephant and, and things of that nature to simplify our process. And I'm not negating the realities of taking small steps to, you know, attack or address big, large problems. That's important. But what I mean by making complexity sexy is to realize that we live in a world that only is going to get more challenging to navigate, more complex in its creation, and more intense in how things are interwoven, how things are interconnected, how people interact. And so for us to shrink our complexity, to make things more simple, will push us further and further behind, makes us less likely to accept and understand difference and more likely to retreat to making America great again. So I choose to move forward with complexity and I want us to figure out how to make that a popular idea making complexity sexy because the world's not getting any simpler, y'all. If we can think for a moment that us becoming less complex and more uh, in-depth in our understanding of the world around us is actually going to make our lives easier and well-lived, we're telling ourselves fake news. And I say that because I sit in rooms and I have conversations with folks or I just observe the spaces that unfortunately individuals get to when they feel defensive, when they feel that they're unheard. And oftentimes what we retreat to in those moments are quick, pithy sentences, short, terse feelings, and an inability to connect with individuals at a human level. And so that reduction to who we want to avoid forces us into a space that makes everything slow down and to make it simple, overly simple. And therefore we become very singularly dominated or very individually simplistic. And each of those moments, we're actually retracting our humanity and decreasing our ability to see the brilliance in other people because we refuse to make complexity sexy. So my message this week, honestly, is quite simple, no pun intended, but it's for us to think about how we can contribute to a world around us by increasing our complexity and engaging in conversations that are often difficult, lean into moments where you feel uncomfortable and engage with people that you may not see eye to eye right away, but you can easily stand toe to toe and begin to realize that your humanity is connected from your feet to your head. 
And at some point you will find that the complexity of the individual is something that you can relate to if you allow yourself to first listen, live, and then learn from them. And so as we go into this week, I want you to think about the complexity that lives inside of you. I want you to invite time and space and energy into trying to understand someone else's perspective, trying to deepen your appreciation for the diversity of thought that lives and exists in this world and find ways to increase your personal complexity. Now, at the same time, when I say increase your complexity or to make complexity sexy, it is not meaning that you have to be more complicated. Complication is often what is confused with complexity because complication in many ways helps folks find and create and manipulate people through confusion. So with that difference and that distinction that I'm making in this conversation, I want us to realize that us becoming more complex is a means to for us to creating ways to see the beauty and the continuum and the non-binary view of humanity that lives and exists in all of us. I walk this earth and identify most frequently as a black man. And I realize that that is only what people see. What people don't understand and appreciate about individuals is that there's so much more underneath the skin that we wear, that we are born in. And that for us to appreciate what is inside of each other means we need to take time to understand the complexity that lives in all of us. So this week, friends, I ask, I invite, I implore, I urge, I nudge with love for all of us to find ways to make complexity sexy and make it a part of who you are and the beauty of what it is to be human. Have a great week, y'all. Just in case you missed it the first time and are unsure what is to come, take a quick listen to this. You don't have a problem unless you have a solution to go with it. So when you look at health inequities, you have to look at the disease process itself. Some of the inequities that I found in my experience. Some of the I mean, that's, that, that's, that data is staggering. Some of the inequities that I found in my experience with police. You, you want to understand why is that? You, you want to understand why is that? Why is that? I mean, that's, that's, that data is staggering. Over the next few months, you will hear my conversations with those that are leaders in the fields where the disparities that we see across our country live, breathe, and unfortunately are uninterrupted. But these voices that you will hear are trying to change that path so that we can live in a more just, more real, more human place.
you will hear from doctors. Working in the ER department, you see a lot of patients that come in um, either having a stroke or having stroke-like symptoms. And then when you look at the statistics and find that the risk of uh, having a first stroke is nearly twice as high for blacks than it is for whites. Former law enforcement. And the many officers who want change are ostracized and those who don't are supported by biased policy. Some of the best education leaders across this country. Education equals freedom and education equals liberation. It's the ability to look out ahead and say, that's what I want to be. That's where I want to go. Some of the country's leading pediatric neurologists. Definitely a disparity. There's there's always been healthcare disparities, even before COVID. I think COVID has really opened other people's eyes to that disparity that we've known as healthcare providers that's always existed. But unfortunately, the pandemic has kind of exposed it even more. And leaders of organizations that want equitable change. So difficult to eliminate these inequities because of a system that doesn't want to admit there's a problem, much less fix it. And with hard work, being able to achieve it. Educational inequity is to be able to look out and say, hey, that's what I want to be. That's what I want to achieve. And no matter how hard you work, you'll never be able to achieve it. Or you'll have to work at three times as hard as the person um, next to you based on race, power, and privilege. It exists because that's the way the system was designed. The system was designed. It exists because that's the way the system was designed. This is Penciled In. Thank <laughs> you.